Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. My friends, the great people at Manscaped.com have informed me that y'all didn't buy their stuff in December. And that's on me for not reminding you how good their stuff is. So yes, we're starting a damn podcast with an ad for our pals at manscaped.com. Hoopball20 or Ethos20 for 20% off and free shipping on anything you get at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 comes with free boxers, a toiletry bag, and free shipping. So you can get that. We already got the free shipping with our coupon code, but you can knock 20% off there. That's uh, the Performance Package or the Perfect Package 4.0. Two different packages. They also have the Ultra Smooth Package. That one does not come with all that extra stuff. The beauty of everything they do, and, and I, we go into all this detail about all the different things they have. Ear and nose hair trimmer, uh, three-blade razor, single-blade razor. The lawnmower, that is the flagship item. They've got the lawnmower 4.0 and the lawnmower 3.0. They're both rad. I might even tell you guys to go with the 3.0, depending on what kind of shave you want. Because I've had a 3.0 since they've been making them, and I have not been pinched one time. I actually did get pinched a couple times with the 4.0. I admit it. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you guys. 4.0 gets a tighter trim. I use this on uh, on my neck. I want to get the nice line there. The very rare times I have to look professional. 4.0 gets a little bit tighter to the face. The 3.0, no pinch. I don't know how they did it to get that kind of trimmage without any pinching, but they did it. And the 3.0, because it's the older model, is less expensive. I think it's only 60 or 70 bucks. Knock uh, 20% off that bad boy, get yourself a hell of a deal. On a sideburn trimmer, you're basically never going to have to replace in your life. They've got uh, replacement blades if you ever need to get them, but the thing itself, 7,000 RPM motor, waterproof, it's got a built-in light, rechargeable battery, a docking port for recharging. It's just classy, man. That's a good That's a good thing. So please do check that out. we got to get our numbers back up in January for our pals over at Manscaped.com, and I'll tell you about some of our other partners a little bit later on in today's show. Welcome, one and all, to Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I did it again, didn't I? A sports ethos presentation. Womp, womp. Been saying hoopball for five years, man. It's not it's not easy to make that switch, but at least I hear it after I do it. Good gravy. It's a sports ethos presentation. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Or follow the single greatest fantasy news feed on planet Earth at Ethos Fantasy BK. And reach out to me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. If you want to be part of the fun here at Sports Ethos, we are bringing folks aboard. We need blurb writers on the NBA front. We need folks that want to be a part of our brand new football division that's being built up in the background in secrecy. Not at all secret because I told you about it. So bug me, at Dan Bespris on Twitter, uh, or email Support at sportsethos.com if you don't have social media. But at this point, if you don't have Twitter and you're listening to a fantasy basketball podcast, you're kind of doing this wrong because folks are going to lap you 
the 23 hours you're not listening to our pod. we got a big Wednesday to recap. Sorry for the, the slow intro today. We've been doing some fast intros on this show, but I needed to get that Manscaped read in because we got to do better in January. Almost at the end of week one, 2022, the year. Guys are missing games because of injuries, in a weird twist. Other than Utah. Actually, they got both. Rudy Gobert finally missed the ball game. Crazy stuff going on on a big Wednesday night. But we should dive into it. 11 games to recap. Houston beat Washington on the road. That's a good win for the Rockets. And frankly, I should have bet them. I feel a little bit dumb. After the Christian Wood and uh, Kevin Porter Jr. benching, this game had angry bounce back, show the world we're not a dysfunctional mess written all over it. And Christian Wood was at the center of that. Eric Gordon had a good ball game. Jalen Green is someone we've been talking about as now worth deploying. He started to figure out the speed of the NBA game a little bit. He's always a good shooter, but you know, shot selection is improving little by little. He doesn't do a lot besides score, but I think he's going to get enough shots from now, basically until the end of the year, where the other stuff isn't going to matter. And then... I mean, with Kevin Porter, there are very few guys that can have nine points, seven boards, eight assists, four steals, and two three-pointers and still turn it into a bad fantasy line, but KPJ can do that. And it feels bad because I feel like I'm picking on the person, Kevin Porter Jr., but I don't have any feelings on any of these persons we're talking about. As far as we're concerned on this show, they're numbers. Sorry. That's how you have to think about it. So I'm not picking on Kevin Porter Jr. I just think he has horrible fantasy lines. Is he inside the top 200? No, he's still outside the top 200. Honestly, if you guys listened to this podcast all through draft season, I must have said don't draft Kevin Porter like 30 times. So if you still did it, I want you to apologize to me directly. So I'm not even going to talk about him. So there. I've been getting questions about KJ Martin and Jay Sean Tate. They are really only interesting if someone important goes down for this team. If Green goes back out, Garrison Matthews would get more run. If Christian Wood goes down, you'd see Daniel Tice step in a little bit more. Alperin Sengun's out right now as well. But at the moment, Eric Gordon is possibly streamable, but I think fits the head-to-head mold a little bit more because there just isn't a lot of 9-cat appeal there. I would rather have Jalen Green as kind of the only other guy, I think, on that team besides Christian Wood right now. On the Washington side, Bradley Beal fouled out in 29 and a half minutes. If you're wondering why the minutes were a bit lower, he was chucking, man. I love it when Bradley Beal goes chucking because he's starting to feel a little bit more like himself. You can see he's a tad bit more engaged. I do wonder if maybe he was kind of playing himself through a thing because his energy was low earlier this year. Washington's starting to open it up a little bit. They've played some teams with a faster pace, and that's part of it. Kuzma's on a heater. That'll run out pretty soon. KCP has been just above streamer level all season long thanks to, you know, once in a three, four-week big games like this, you get blended in with all the sort of low-end stuff. If you don't catch the big one, then he's not a startable guy. You have to get this game or you've missed it. I spent too much time a couple days ago on Denny Avdia, who unfortunately just doesn't really have the usage to warrant the roster spot we thought about using on him as a speculative ad. So I think you can safely move on. Not because I don't like that he's their defensive stopper or that his role does, just in terms of playing time, is increasing. They really like what he brings to the table. He's just not that good offensively yet. And so you kind of have to take that next step before you belong 
as a starter on fantasy rosters. Philly came from behind to beat Orlando 116-106. The Magic just had guys going in and out of this game all night long. Wendell Carter Jr. left and came back early. Cole Anthony left and came back in the mid part of the game. Franz Wagner left and came back a little bit later in the ballgame. Overall, it was just very weird. Seemingly, the Magic dodged a handful of bullets and came out of this with a whole bunch of pieces of good news and one piece of less great news, which is... Well, we'll start with the good. Mo Bamba getting his wind back, played 28 minutes, had a really nice fantasy line. Cole Anthony came back. He had a good fantasy line. Get everybody there fired up. Terrence Ross is settling back in as, you know, bench flamethrower. You can probably start him in most formats, frankly. Franz Wagner's been startable all year. Wendell Carter Jr.'s been startable all year. Unfortunately, with all of these guys back, I don't know that Gary Harris can stay above the cut line. He was an all-formats dude when Cole Anthony was out, but Anthony came back, immediately took 21 shots, and no one else really had to do much. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't fully know. The team is definitely better with, with Cole Anthony in there, but Gary Harris is definitely not better with Anthony in there. So he's a guy you can probably move on from, at least in roto formats. If you want to save your weekly moves, fine, head-to-head, you can ride this thing out a little bit longer, but he's probably going to end up a drop unless, again, one of those other backcourt or wing guys heads out in the next game or so. On the Philly side, Danny Green, 24 minutes of nothing. He got himself a Tony Snell. It's hard to do. Firkin Korkmaz bounced back. Had a good one again. Sort of one-on-one-off thing going on with him. 20 points in this one. And uh, he's uh, right on the cusp, I think, of safely startable. But again, you're just... You know, he had all those rebounds and assists in that last ball game, and we knew that wasn't about to carry over. This is as good as it's going to get in the short term. Philly played the crap out of their guys in this game. Tobias Harris played 44 minutes in a road win over Orlando. Orlando. Joel Embiid had a kind of a weird ball game, but he did fine. He and Andre Drummond played side-by-side for a couple of minutes. That was wacky as hell. Kelly Oubre, after pretty much disappearing for a week and a half, went big, 32 points on 16 shots. And if he gets hot, he might go on another little run. He had been on a cold spell. Overall, though, I, I don't think I have the stones to start him. Unless you're like, all right, here comes the heater. P.J. Washington settling back in. He and Mason Plumlee now going to split those center minutes, so that means that probably neither one of them is going to be over the cut line. Bridges, Rozier, Ball, Hayward, those guys are in, and then Oubre is your roll of the dice. Meanwhile, on the Pistons side, they're starting to get bodies back as well. Little by little, they return. Trey Lyles is a start until Isaiah Stewart comes back. This game got kind of punched in this midsection by him missing some free throws early, or it actually would have been a relatively decent fantasy line. Sadiq Bey cooled off, no surprise there. Cade Cunningham is the one guy who kind of hung out above the threshold in this particular ball game, And we also knew Hamadou Diallo was about to hit the skids as well. I'm a little upset because it sounds like Kelly Olynyk still isn't all that close. I've been sitting on him for about two and a half weeks in a few different leagues. I think we might need to move on based on the fact that we're just not getting any good updates at all. He's been out for more than six weeks now, and we have no idea if he's... I mean, they're talking about him mostly just being on a stationary bike still. That's not that close. Jeremy Grant might get back before Olenek after all this. So I don't know that Olenek necessarily has to be stashed anymore. The fact that he just hasn't made any progress at all is downright sickening. 
because he was set to have a massive, massive role on this team if he could get back. I mean, look at the starting lineup. Plug him in there instead of Lyles or Diallo. I don't even care who you plug him in. Oh, well. Missed connections, as it were. Sadiq Bey, you can hang on to a little bit longer. At least give him a little more leash. He'd been kicking ass. Uh, Trey Lyles, you'll hang on to until Stewart comes back. And uh, that's about it. Outside of Cade, I don't, I don't think that Diallo is above the cut line anymore. Boston lost at home to the Spurs. That's a bad one. DeJounte Murray came back. That certainly played a role in it. They're a hell of a lot better with him on the floor. At this point, the Spurs have four reliable fantasy guys, and that's Murray, White, Vassell, and Pirtle. Cool. Easy. Boston has five reliable fantasy guys at the moment. Al Horford, Time Lord, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Also quite easy. When those guys are in, Dennis Schroeder is out. Josh Richardson is out. Don't care about anything else. It's just five guys, five and out. Brooklyn came back to beat Indiana despite Lance Stevenson going for 20 points. More than 20. They get 23. In the first quarter alone. That was nuts. What a wild night. Brooklyn had a much better late third and fourth quarter to come back and win this thing by eight. And we pushed our damn bet. Faded Kyrie's return. Kyrie looked pretty good. 22 points on 17 shots. Uh, nearly airballed his first shot in, I don't know how long this was now, eight eight months between basketball games. Who knows? But anyway, you didn't draft him in head-to-head. God help you if you drafted him in head-to-head with the whole only playing on the road thing. But if you got him in roto, terrific. You know, they got a couple of home games coming up, then he'll be back in there for another generally first-round level performance whenever he's on the floor. You can try to buy on James Harden right now, and I would advise that you do. He's going to be better than this most ball games. He was in full deferral mode in this one, and it's not going to be that way every game because, remember, there are a lot of home games where Kyrie's not playing. And we saw last season, Harden just goes buck wild and assists when Kyrie and Katie are both on the floor with him. There are actually a couple of opportunities in this game. LaMarcus Aldridge talked about how COVID really knocked him for a loop and he very much did not have his wind back. This is not a permanent switch of Nicholas Claxton in the starting five. If someone drops Aldridge because he only played 16 bench minutes, put in a waiver claim on that joint. He was their starter, and he's not losing that job because of COVID. At least not in the long term. So buy on Harden. See if you can get him for like a top 18 type of guy. Buy on LaMarcus Aldridge if he gets dropped, or see if you can go get him for like a top 100 type of dude. And keep holding... On Nick Claxton, because it does seem like he's going to have a role of some kind on this team going forward. We just don't really know how long. No, you're not picking up Lance Stevenson. No, you're not picking up Kiefer Sykes. Because finally, I think we're going to get Malcolm Brogdon back for their next ballgame. Karis LeVert is not that far off either. And things are about to normalize in Indiana in, in a situation. I think Chris Duarte is not all that far off also. They're, they've been digging deep into this scrap heap out that way. This feels like a good time to remind you guys to go get yourself some protection at expressvpn.com slash hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. That's the special link. Go there, get 15 months for the price of 12, and never worry about stupid blackout restrictions again. They are the worst I hate them. I've been impacted by them. You've been. I mean, I feel like 
almost everyone has been impacted by blackout restrictions somewhere along the line. And maybe it's only as small as, uh, like, your local feed. Here, this happened to me yesterday. The Laker game was on it was supposed to be on NBA TV, but I had it locally here on Spectrum Sportsnet. What if I wanted to watch a different feed? What if I didn't want to listen to the Lakers broadcasters? You can do that with ExpressVPN. Or it can be a much bigger pain in the butt. We had one of our buddies here at HoopBall, uh, we'll just call him DC, talk about how he lives about 200 miles from two different NBA teams, and he's blacked out on both of them. Can't get the cable stations, can't get them on League Pass, he can't watch either team. Two choices to pick who he wants his hometown team to be, and he can't view either of them without expressvpn.com slash hoopball. 15 months for the price of 12. You can set yourself to be anywhere you want. I'm not going to ask my wife where she wants to be in the world because she froze full panic on a recorded podcast. You could say any place on planet Earth, and I get it. Maybe that's just too many options. Uh, What about none of it up in northern Canada? You want to be there? Great. Someone taught me that the capital up there is pronounced Ikalui. You want to be there? Awesome. You can be there with expressvpn.com slash hoopball and watch whatever damn team you want for whatever sport you want, provided you pay for the service. Go check them out. They're, uh, it's a really, actually, it's a pretty neat freaking software. Uh, Dallas beat the hell out of the Warriors. Steph Curry was dealing with a quad contusion, but he also just hasn't been very good, and so I wonder if this is more of a lingering thing than anything else. They'll get him right. Uh, Steph, maybe he takes a game or two off here. Warriors are in terrific position, so there's no reason to push him at this point. If Steph does have to miss time, one would assume Jordan Poole's going to take about 18 shots. Andrew Wiggins is probably going to take 20. Wiggins is your very safe play in that spot. I don't know what happens to Draymond Green, because if he doesn't have Steph to pass it to, he takes a really big hit here. It's a weird little thing. Klay Thompson, not far off, by the way. Probably not happening in, like, the next game, but he's close. Meanwhile, the Jalen Brunson drop-off continues. 15 points, 4 assists. He's not startable in Roto anymore. You can use him in head-to-head if you want, but... Honestly, at this point, I'd rather stream that roster slot. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith just keeps chugging along. How amazing is that? Remember how earlier in the year we were sort of making the joke of Dorian's road to top 90? He's at 102 right now on the year on a per-game basis, and he has been the epitome of durability. A fantastic head-to-head totals type, number 58 by totals. That's actually really important to get a guy where you're like, oh, he's going to have a four-game week, and he actually plays in them. 37 games for DFS. Not the game, the player. Don't worry, I'll tell you about Thrive Fantasy in a little bit. Minnesota kind of played with their food a little bit. Opened up a lead on the Thunder. OKC came back. They're without uh, Lou Dort at the moment, which right now is allowing Josh Giddy to kind of wake up a tad. Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been uh, kind of... Uh, this is sort of what we were talking about at the beginning of the year. Shea's been fine. He's number 62. But he was getting wildly overdrafted. Like, it felt like last season on a per-game basis was a really nice target for him. And he was in the 40 range. This happens all too often. Happened to Josh Richardson. It's happening to Shea. As their roles increase and they're no longer, you know, Chris Paul's sidekick or whatever it might be, the defensive stats trend down. 
They just don't have the legs to go get a ton of steals and blocks when they're carrying the team on offense. He was always going to be overdrafted this year and a massive shutdown risk. This is a team where you're really you're mostly just monitoring for possible shutdown stuff. And at the moment, Josh Giddy is the huge beneficiary if Shea does shut her down. But we're we're I think we're still a little ways from that. Um so, you know, if, if you're hunting Giddy for head-to-head, you need to be in pretty good position for that to, to make a ton of sense. On the Minnesota side, I will continue until the end of time to sing the praises of the great Patrick Beverly, our fantasy lord and savior. 20 points, four boards, six assists, a steal, a block, five three-pointers in this game. He's been awesome after a really slow start to the year, which is kind of the general story for old Pat Bev. Cat came back. He's getting his wind back slowly but surely. D'Lo's back. He does not have his wind yet. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt got his 13 rebounds, and all those bench guys have slid back into anonymity. Toronto overcoming the Giannis-less Bucks. That's always fun to say. DeMarcus Cousins played well, and uh, then his contract ended. Weirdness of this NBA season. Uh, No Giannis, which meant Wesley Matthews was the starting power forward on this team. And, you know, whatever, like, Sounds like it's a small, a short-term thing, so I wouldn't read too much into it. Don't worry about the Bucks side. Raptors side, we just get a little bit more information every ball game. In this one, Precious Achua was the better hustle guy at center, sort of the fill-in big man, and so he ended up getting more minutes than either Boucher or Birch. And this is it's sort of what we were worried about. Also, if the Raptors are going to be in a highly competitive game against another good team you might see Nick Nurse go a little bit overboard with the minutes for his starters. Siakam, 42. Van Vliet, 39. OG, just really getting back a couple games ago. 35. Scotty Barnes, 38. That's a lot of minutes for the key guys. Of the starters, only Gary Trent looked like he might be able to have something in the tank. I think this was the second half of a back-to-back. My memory is not completely punched full of holes yet. But it also does drop a little bit of evidence in the you-can't-trust-Boucher's-even-going-to-get-to-19-minutes-a-ball-game on a given evening because this 15-minute game, that's not enough to get it done. That makes it hard. When it's not even a 50-50 proposition, how do you know which games you can use him in a games cap format or in head-to-head? What are you going to get over the course of a week? So certainly after this one, you lean a little bit back in the other direction to punt on Boucher and move on. I do think it's worth hanging on a little bit longer than usual. Again, same story as before, just in case. Because what really is the harm? The guys that pop up day-to-day right now tend to be for a week. You know, two, three-game streamers. If you miss out on one of those to give Boucher just a little bit more leash... It's not the end of the world. He's probably going to end up a drop. You know, like I said before, 19 times out of 20 in this scenario, he ends up a drop because there's too many damn backup centers on this Raptors club that are all fighting for minutes behind Pascal Siakam right now, and he's very much going to be the lead horse there. Played 42 damn minutes in this ballgame. Not all of them at center, but, you know, so it goes. And so there are days like this where, you know, what if you used up a games cap on Boucher? That'd be horrible. If you're going to sit on him, 
You kind of just sit on him and don't play him right now. He's an active stash in Roto Leagues on the chance that Achua or Birch or Siakam goes down because it did seem like he kind of passed those guys. But you can't start him like this. That's not good enough. What are you going to do? ThriveFantasy.com. They had another fun night. If you won, I guess. <laughs> Got to follow that up. Wasn't a fun night if you lost. Did you know Joel Embiid was going to go for 31? Probably could have won some money. Did you know LaMelo Ball was only going to score 12? He probably could have won some money. If Did you know Jason Tatum was going to shoot 6 for 20? Probably could have won some money. If you know what the biggest names in basketball are going to do on a given night, you can win money with our pals at thrivefantasy.com. It's prop bets, DFS prop bets. You build a lineup of props, and if you hit the most of your props, compared to the rest of the folks out there, and collect points based on overs and unders, you pick 10 out of 20 available, you win money. And as I've said before, it takes but $10 to get an account going. Go to thrivefantasy.com, open up an account using promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, drop $10 into the account. They will match it with another 10 bucks and give you a pair of $20 contest vouchers because they've got a $20 nightly tournament. So you can play in a pair of those, not at the same time. Uh, well, maybe at the same time. I, don't, I think you might be able to use them at the same Basically, you're getting three $20 contest entries for a $10 deposit, or you could take the $10 deposit, $10 match, those $20, use it on something else, and then use the vouchers only on those $20 contests. There's a lot of money up for grabs. Follow our DFS Today podcast here at Sports Ethos to get their favorite picks on the night, fill out the rest of your card, and go win money with our pals at ThriveFantasy.com, available on iPhones, Apple devices, Android devices, the app, the Thrive Fantasy app. And again, that promo code E-T-H-O-S. It's Thrive Fantasy and ThriveFantasy.com for old folks like me who like to do it on the computer. Before we get into the late games, one of them involves Portland, and that's why it popped into my head. I do these things in weird little chunks. Uh, I wanted to let you guys know we're actually going to have a separate, distinct Damian Lillard segment slash episode outside of this pod. Um, the short version here, in, in case anybody missed it, is that Dame's abdominal situation is uh, basically getting another short-term shutdown, which is, I hate to use the term shutdown because that red flags everywhere, but Chauncey Billups talked about how they're trying to figure out what to do with Dame's abdomen. It's just not getting better. He played better actually been pretty good prior to taking these few games off but instead of just one game which is what we heard over the weekend that's now been extended to a four game rest basically like a week and they're going to see what he's like after a week of not going full bore on it my guess and again you know i don't know anything that you don't know meaning i I'm not on the inside here. I don't know what he feels like on a day-to-day basis. But just knowing Dame, he's probably not going to throw in the towel on the season this early, this quickly. This is Lillard we're talking about. How many times have I faded the Portland Trailblazers 
on a season win total and then been embarrassed because Dame just led a ragtag bunch of goobers to like a, a 50 win year. They ain't getting to 50 wins this season. They're eight games under 500 at the time of recording this podcast, which is with that ball game uh, midway. Nope. Yeah, early in the fourth quarter now. They're the 12 seed, yes. Um, but the, the 10, 11, 12 is all one little bunch. There's like three teams out West that are all going to be vying for the, the last play-in spot. And frankly, the Blazers are better than the Kings and the Spurs. They've just been missing their guys. CJ McCollum hasn't played in almost a month. Dame has missed. Uh, by the time this rest is over, he'll have missed almost a month. And I know the Kings have had their stuff. They've had their COVID situation. Rashawn Holmes uh, poked in the eye, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when you missed your two best players for a third of the season or more, it's going to severely impact you in a way that, you know, missing some of your guys in chunks. And the Blazers have had their own COVID stuff going on. Uh, it's just been it's just been worse. Let's just leave it at that. So the fact that they're basically neck and neck with the Kings, I think we can safely say the Blazers are a little bit of a better ball club. And maybe just from Dame alone, you can say that. Not a controversial thing to throw out there. For that reason, I think Dame comes back and gives it at least one more push. And as that, the teaser into a Dame special that we're going to be doing here on this podcast... Um, it might be our Friday episode. That might be what we do with our weekend edition. It's just like 20 minutes on Damian Lillard. But I think it might be one of the more important things we do this year because there's so many different paths you can take with a guy like that. Here's the, here's the, uh, the data. Right now, I'm using social media to collect data on what it would take to buy on Damian Lillard in fantasy, different formats, what that might mean. Because public opinion of a situation and a player dictates that player's trade value. And I don't want to give too many teasers into what I'm finding out. I want to get all the data together, kind of cull it into one uh, brain page, and then dump it on you guys. I might even be able to do that thing by video. We'll see if I can fire up the old webcameroo if I have enough if I have any free time at all in the next couple of days, and we'll just do a Dame special. Maybe it won't even be the Friday show. Maybe it'll be an addition to it, like a special Saturday or something. I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm doing with it, but I do know we're going to do a Dame episode, and it's going to be distinct from this one. I just don't want you guys to think I'm ignoring it. You know, remember over the weekend, I was like, look, just start Anthony Simons as long as Damian Lillard is out. I didn't think it was going to be super long-term, but then when we started to hear all these this talk of shutdown, things got real, real fast. So that deserves its own program. Remember, we did a, a Bam Adebayo special when he got knocked out for six to eight weeks. And it's something I've been trying to kick around in my head. How can we, how can we separate some of the biggest name and biggest stories from what we mostly do on this podcast, which is hunt for pickups around the fringe, guys that can make an impact that are floating around on waiver wires. Dame deserves, Dame deserves his, his own special time. That's, I believe, they, I believe they call it Dame time. Probably not what they meant. All right, three late games. I suppose we can start with the Portland one since I was just talking about it. Miami lost Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero to ejections. Yusuf Nurkic got ejected on the other side. And Larry Nance hurt his knee on what appeared to be a jump stop. He was actually in the process of putting together a relatively decent ball game. 
after being into and then back out of protocols in the same day, this roller coaster is too much for me to handle. I started yesterday's podcast complaining about how Nance was in protocols. Then he played anyway, and then he got hurt. I think I would have preferred he go into protocols. Anyway, you're holding there just to find out what's going on. Once we get a, a diagnosis and a prognosis, then we can make a decision on what to do with Nance, but you're holding until we hear. In the meantime, I would assume he misses a ball game. Rob Covington would slide into the starting five. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then Anthony Simons, obviously, is a all systems go as long as Dame is out. On the Miami side, the initial report on Jimmy Butler is that they're hoping to have him back by the weekend. I don't know if I believe that. Again, they have a pretty light schedule here coming up. Um, Max Struess came back, played very well. You can probably start him if Butler misses another one. Yurtsevin, you're obviously still starting. Duncan Robinson came back. He'll be slowly ramping into shape. My hope was that Caleb Martin would have a game where a couple guys were out, and it sort of didn't materialize. He only took six shots. I know he's a lower-usage guy anyway, but my hope was that there'd be some assists, some steals, some blocks. It just didn't quite pan out. I think you could probably stream Martin again if Butler remains out. But then the the sneaky play here is actually P.J. Tucker, who we saw before, prior to his own injury, was actually putting up some pretty good numbers when they were kind of forcing him into doing more stuff. And he missed a bunch of free throws in this game, kind of a weird subplot. But overall, 14-10-6, a steal, a block, and a three-pointer. If you eliminate the free throw anomaly, Tucker actually had a really nice ball game. So I would say go ahead and stream P.J. Tucker if Butler remains out. And if Jimmy comes back, then you can kind of throw all this stuff out because a lot of the usage then gets funneled right back to him. So it's very much a will Jimmy, won't Jimmy kind of thing. And that makes it a, a kind of a difficult proposition in a head-to-head league because you don't want to spend a move and then not get anything out of it. But Roto, you could probably grab PJ and then squat on him for a couple of days and see what shakes out. I really shouldn't use the term squat and then shakes out. Oh, well, what's done is done. Utah, missing both of their centers, beat Denver 115-109 because, you know, Denver's missing most of their team for the entire year. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich went nuts in this game, and he's a very strong play if the big men miss any more time. Rose O'Neal moves back into a pretty strong valuation if the big men are out because look at all those rebounds. Rudy Gay had a nice ball game. I'm not sure I can trust Rudy. He went six for nine. Four of those were three-pointers yesterday. And a steal and two blocks, also a bit on the uh, unexpectedly high side. There was a lot that screamed outlier about that Rudy Gay game. That's not to say that he couldn't have another outlier. But you're banking on percentage probability that something's going to happen. That's a little bit redundant. And I don't know that you want to probably lean into the starters, the guys that are playing a truckload of minutes. Although it's also quite possible, in similar vein to the Jimmy Butler stuff, that Gobert and Whiteside are back for the next ball game. So this might not matter. Again, Roto side, you could probably grab O'Neal if he's been dropped. He was owned for, he was rostered heavily for the first part of the year because he was putting up some pretty good numbers. He went very quiet recently. This is an opportunity for him to kind of squeeze through again. On that Denver side, Monte Morris came back. That turns Facundo Campazzo into a not-so-interesting stream anymore. Those two guys are going to split the point guard minutes, and, and they'll show the floor a little bit, but it's not going to be a ton. Denver doesn't like to go quite that small. 
Uh, so I'm looking for a reason to dump Compazzo, basically, is what I'm getting at there. I'm not looking for a reason to pick up Monty Morris. I know he had a good ball game here, and he is one of the more efficient point guards in the NBA. But from just a doing stuff standpoint, he really does, like, he needs everybody to be out to consistently take shots, which is a damn shame because he's a pretty good basketball player. It just seems like he doesn't really want that role. Will Barton, at least, has been doing more lately. He's kind of revved back up after a slow stretch. On the Monte Morris front, if we see him start to consistently take 13 or 14 shots a game, I would then very quickly put him in the ad department. But until I see that happen, he's just a high-efficiency guy who doesn't do enough. Simple as that. And Atlanta, missing a couple of key bodies, beat Sacramento on the road, 108-102. This is a back-to-back for the Kings, uh, who got good performances out of Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. Fox is starting to wake back up again after the COVID absence. Harrison Barnes is still worth starting. I know he had a down ball game here, but he's okay to use. Uh, It seems like Damian Jones might be kind of running out of gas a little bit, so they got to get Rashawn Holmes back. And then Buddy Heald is your... Your roll of the dice, as we said two days ago, or yesterday, or who the hell can remember what day. If you if you got him, you probably are starting him. But there are going to be games like this where, you know, if the three-pointers aren't dropping, or if he's not even taking all that many of them, he's a liability in fantasy. But he evens out to, like, in that KCP mold, the king of the streamers, basically. He's, like, right at the top of that group of players. You're not making too many changes here other than probably moving on from Damian Jones. I, I do think he's he's kind of running out of steam. This is a guy that's not used to playing big minutes for that many games in a row, and, and he's probably just a little gassed. As far as Atlanta goes, uh, I'm guessing they're going to get a number of players back in their next ballgame. We've already heard that the expectation is that John Collins is going to rejoin the team for their games in Los Angeles. So that knocks Danilo Gallinari's spot start off the radar, which is a shame, damn it, because... Uh, we had just talked about how Gallo is a pretty interesting short-term stream, and yeah, it ends up being probably one game. Kevin Herter becomes far less interesting with Trey Young probably coming back. Cam Reddish becomes way less interesting with Trey Young most likely coming back. Delon Wright becomes almost completely uninteresting with Trey Young likely coming back. So a lot of what you saw in this game yesterday, you can kind of throw out, unfortunately. Such is the way of things. Keep an eye on Anyako Kongwu. He, he ended up taking some minutes away from Clint Capella in this one. I don't think that that is ever going to tip his way, but they do really like him. And again, when you're down some power forwards, that's an opportunity to get some big men a little extra run. Uh, am I dropping Cam Reddish prior to other guys coming back? Probably not yet. Bogdan Bogdanovich, is, his return probably is the one that that completely eliminates the reddish and herder value trey cuts them from where they were in yesterday's game which is startable to streamable and then bogdan takes them from streamable to droppable would be my assumption hypothesis based on what we've seen in the past and then delon wright uh he goes from start everywhere to drop the moment trey young comes back because his minutes go from from 40 down to like 18 i mean it's going to be those were the Trey minutes, quite simply. The other guys, it's the touches. With De- with Wright, it's the minutes. 
I do these podcasts in different chunks lately due to uh, childcare issues, and so sometimes I don't even remember uh, what plugs I've done on a show. But here at the closing, I'm just going to remind you guys to please drop a five-star review on the pod. And if you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Sports Ethos, you want to be a blurber, want to work at our new p- football department, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll just go ahead and put a lid on things. As I mentioned, uh, we'll have a special Dame episode coming up. That'll either be Friday's edition of the pod or a, or a bonus edition, which is what I'd like to do if time is going to allow. I just don't know if it is. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and if the Friday show isn't the Dame show, we'll have a little, you know, ads drops type thing going on the way we normally do. I just don't know when these things are going to happen. Squeeze them in when we can. I am Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Have a lovely Thursday, everybody. We'll talk at you one more time this week, and then we all get to take a little break. Phew! Later. Later.